Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, I have a very special guest. His name is Brendan Kumasari, and he is the founder of MasterTalk. He coaches ambitious executives and entrepreneurs to become top 1% communicators in their industry. He also has a popular YouTube channel called MasterTalk with the goal of providing free access to communication tools for everyone in the world. Brendan, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be on, Lance. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really thrilled to be speaking with you um, about speaking. Um, So before we get into exactly what you do now, I would love to know, um, how did you get here? You know, did you grow up in a family of entrepreneurs? Is that kind of where this this fire comes from? Um, tell us about, you know, your little journey story. Yeah, absolutely, brother. So when I was in, I was born and raised in a city called Montreal. And where my story started was in business school. So I went to university and I did these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So all the guys my age were playing baseball, basketball, rugby, something you wouldn't see me playing. I did the nerd version of that, which is presentations competitively. And that's how I learned how to speak. But then as I got older, Lance, I started coaching people who were younger than me to do well at these competitions too. And I'd realized that everything that was in my brain wasn't really available for free on the internet. Because a lot of the advice you hear out there is like, be yourself or get up on stage when it comes to communication. I said, this doesn't really make much sense. So I started making YouTube videos as a side hustle. And then a few years later, it turned to what it is today. Very cool. Uh, so again, do, family of entrepreneurs, are you the first entrepreneur? You know, where does that also come from? Yeah, I'm actually the anti-entrepreneur. I think I thought oh. anyways at the time that entrepreneurship was for losers. To be okay. quite frank, I never thought I was going to be one. My, my goal is to be a corporate executive at IBM. I worked at IBM for many years. Business was an accident for me, Lance, where I was just making these videos for fun while I was working my very, you know, amazing corporate job that I spent my whole life getting. And I realized that uh, after meeting my, my business partner, who is now my business partner anyways, that I could actually turn this into a business and not starve to death. So that's why I was able to, uh, to, to quit my Got corporate it. job and, and do this full time. But it was never the intention to be an entrepreneur, not at all. I'm, I'm yeah. definitely the first entrepreneur in my family. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, I, obviously you, I would, I highly doubt you consider yourself a loser now as a entrepreneur. Definitely. So, <laughs> uh, that's an interesting take about that. I, I totally get it though. Some people want to climb the corporate ladder. Um, and that's respectable in its own right for sure. Um, well, let's get into public speaking. What do you think the biggest challenge is with public speaking? Absolutely, brother. You know, for me, the biggest challenge with communication is always finding the motivation to do it. I always say that the focus is always around prioritization. How do we prioritize the skill to get us the results that we want? And how we burn that desire, how we create it, is by asking ourselves another question, which is the following. How would our life change if we were exceptional communicators? How would my life change if I was an exceptional communicator. Mm-hmm. A lot of us dream about our vacation, the expensive things that we want to buy lands, but very few of us dream about a world in which we're better speakers in it. And for all of us, communication creates a different meaning. For some, it's having a better family. For others, it's getting a raise. And for others, it's traveling. So find that reason so you can overcome that challenge. 
Yeah. What do you think the biggest uh, challenge is, though, with public speaking? You know, is it is it simply people just actually believing in it in, that they should do it, or is it or is it the actual leap to do it? You know, I know a lot of people get stage fright. Yeah, absolutely. Fear is definitely a big component, but I would say the bigger challenge, and we can talk about the fear as well. Happy to do that. Is is really the motivation? Like, think about me, man. Like, I started a YouTube channel on communication tips when I was twenty two years old. Like, how does that even make any sense on public speaking? So I had a lot of fear, a lot of insecurity. So how did I push through that fear? The way that I pushed through it is by understanding the following, that 15-year-old girls and boys can't afford a speech coach. So if I don't create videos, no one's going to create videos for these people. That's why I pressed record. So even if I had fear, my motivation was stronger than the fear, so I pushed through it. Whereas for most of us, the fear exceeds the reason to master the skill. But speaking specifically into the fear, though, Lance, because I know that's, that's, a, that's a, a button for a lot of people, I always like to say that the fear of communication is not something that ever goes away. And I'll give you the best example with me. Let's say we're having coffee, which is, I guess, kind of what we're doing right now, and Elon Musk calls me. Okay, let's assume that. And he goes, oh, you know, Brett, I've been listening to your YouTube videos. Can you come coach me tomorrow? I'll pay you whatever you want. Would I shit my pants? Absolutely. Yeah. He, he I, could he could use it too, just so, just so I think, <laughs> I, just so you know my opinion. I think Elon Musk is a brilliant man, but he needs some public speaking coaching, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. And, but, and, and I agree, by the way. But the key is, is that's really the struggle, man, is when we, when we have, uh, when we focus too much on the fear, we don't realize that we can push through even with it. It's just a matter of saying, is our message more important than the fear? Think of it like a boxing match. If one side of the ring is the message, the other side of the ring is the fear. It's not about leaving the ring. It's about making sure that when the match begins, that your message gets the knockout punch, that your message wins the match. And that's really the key. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if people are, people are listening to this and they're like, okay, now I'm convinced. Yes, I, I should I should at least take this seriously and maybe start taking uh, some steps towards becoming a better public speaker or just a public speaker in general. Um, why, how, would, how should they start practicing tomorrow and what should they start practicing? Absolutely. So I'll give you my easy threes. These three exercises, if you just do every day, will quickly ramp up your communication skills. So let's start with number one, the random word exercise. So the random word exercise, Lance, is where you take a random word like smoothie, like cake, like phone, like screen, and you just give random presentations out of thin air. Five minutes a day, five times a day. And now what I always tell people is that if we can make sense out of nonsense, we can make sense out of anything. And random words are a great example of this. Because if you talk about mangoes randomly in a presentation, you could talk about anything that you already, you already have an expertise in. So that's exercise number one. I suppose that's kind of akin to that. I'm sure you've seen the movie. I can't remember which one it is where they're like, sell me this pen. Right? Uh, Wolf and of Wall they, Street? Yeah. And then they, there you go, Wolf Wall Street. And they got to they gotta talk about the pen for 30 seconds. Like Kind of that exercise, yeah, where you're just comfortable Absolutely. It's just, this is probably an easier version of the sell me the pen one, but you're absolutely right. It's along the same line of thought, just having fun with it. Cause I think that's, what's missing with communication is a lot of it is fear mongering. It's, Oh my God, I'd rather be in the casket than give the eulogy and all this crazy stuff versus just like, okay, guys, like just pick mango. If you have kids do it with your kids, if you had nieces and nephews, have fun with this. Mm -hmm. And that's how you start to open up and loosen up around communication. Yeah. Okay. Tell us about the other two. Yeah. Number two. Absolutely, brother. So, so number two is called the question drill. We've all been in situations where we get asked a question that we don't know the answer to. 
whether it's at work, whether it's at school, so on and so forth. Question drills allow us to proactively guess the questions that the world will ask us so that we're better prepared to answer those questions calmly and confidently. So what does that look like from a tactical perspective? Five minutes a day, every day, reflect on one question and answer it. Whether it's in your business, let's use business as an example, that's easy. Let's mm-hmm. say you're a business owner. Think about every question that your prospect could <clears throat> potentially ask you about your business. Every question, oh, this is too expensive. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Like every single one, every day. If you do that for a year, Lance, you'll have answered 365 questions about your business with just five minutes of thought every day. You'll be unbeatable. Yeah. And then the last one. Absolutely. And the last one is sending video messages. Sending video messages is so easy. I'm not going to tell people to post on social media. I get it, right? Okay, you're scared about social, totally fine. But what we can do is make a list of the three to five people that we really appreciate in our lives, that really pour into us. Not like random strangers, people, our mothers, our brothers, our sisters, our, our long, lifelong friends. When was the last time we sent them a video message? Just to show them a little appreciation. And no, I'm not saying you need to send a 20-minute documentary here, people. I'm saying 10 seconds, 20 seconds. Hey, Lance, just want to send you a quick video. You said, I really love what you're doing with Inside the Firm. I love the way that your personality works with the show, and I love your amazing passion for it. Keep doing what you're doing. That's it. 20 seconds, and it changes somebody's day. Yeah, those are such interesting. I think I think you're the what you the three things that you just described is it, I'm I'm trying to think of like do I do those things I do do those things I just hadn't put them into a format like that but you're inspiring me to actually kind of make it more consistent in uh, in my everyday goings um, so very interesting um, why do you think people struggle so much then with public speaking I know you kind of touched on the fear but maybe there's some other points that I'm missing. Yeah, I would say the reason why most people struggle with communication is they're afraid of the mess. Oh, when I communicate or when I do something, oh, what if I don't look good? What if something happens? Whereas my remedy to the struggle is don't worry about getting better, worry about just doing it. So for example, the people who are winning, who are listening to the show right now, Lance, have already booked 50 minutes in their calendar tomorrow to do five minutes of the random word, to do five minutes of the question drill, and to do five minutes of the video message. And trust me, everyone's got five, 15 minutes because you've people who are listening to this have already spent 12 listening to us. So there's definitely 15. And that's really the key. And this is something else I tell people is we do not get rewarded based on how well we do the exercise. We get rewarded on how many times we do it. When I started guessing on podcasts, I was garbage. My God, people are asking me questions I know I answer to. And I was the oh, no. expert. But after you do a few of them, you know, a lot of them, you start realizing that the questions are always the same. No one's going to ask me what my favorite fruit is. Right? It's like it's not related to the, to the episode. And that's the point. As we do more repetition, we get better over time. So it's just about doing the output. Absolutely. Yep. It's sort of the 10,000 hour thing to get a, to become a master so sort of issue here. Uh, talk to the introverts. Um, there are, uh, we have a large architecture podcast, a lot of those architect, a lot of those designers, a lot of those kind of artsy, more artsy folks are, are uh, introverted. Uh, advice to them, what can they do to start besides the pra- daily practicing um, methods that you were describing? What else could they do to become better communicators? 100%. I always like to flip the introvert question on its head by saying understanding why 
introverts make better communicators than extroverts. Mm-hmm. This is a common myth that we hear a lot in, in communication lands that extroverts are, are better speakers. I don't necessarily agree with that. And I'll tell you why. There's three things that introverts actually don't know about themselves that actually makes them absolutely amazing at this skill. Number one, they're exceptional listeners. Because introverts speak less on average, they listen more on average, which means they capture more information, and it's much easier for them to adapt their message to any audience they're speaking with. And this is an advantage I didn't have because I'm an extra extrovert. I'm like the extreme version of an extrovert where I'm always talking, talking. That's why I like guesting on shows, right? I'm always talking all the time. And that's why it took me a long time to actually adapt my message to my audience. That's number one. Second pro is that introverts are extremely good at a fundamental aspect of communication that not all of people talk about, which is the pause, the ability to take a breath. When you're an extrovert like me and you're at a party, there's a pause. You want to fill that space up as quickly as possible. So Lance, what did you do last week? Uh, what about outside of the firm, not just inside, right? You're just, you're just always trying to fill up the space. Whereas the introvert, is comfortable with the silence. They're comfortable with just leaving the space. They just need to understand the correlation between great speaking and effective pausing. So let's say I coach an extrovert on this, an introvert, excuse me. And I say, hey, you know, if you pause better, you'll do better in presentation. They go, really? Oh, okay. And they implement it like 10 seconds later. It's like instantaneous application. Whereas the extrovert goes, okay. And then they try and they go, and then they always try to fill up the space. So that's the second advantage. And the third one, which is the most important one, is that introverts are more accessible. Gary Vaynerchuk, I love the guy, but you either love him or you hate him, okay? But Brene Brown, everyone loves her. No one's going to say, I hate Brene Brown. Just saying that can get you in trouble. Just saying that can put you in jail. And that's really the key. Introverted speakers are more accessible to the general public. Great breakdown. Uh, let's go back to your YouTube channel. I just started a YouTube, well, this, we have a YouTube channel for inside the firm, obviously, but I also started a a, a YouTube channel for just a passion of mine, which is, which is fishing. And I would love to hear from a successful YouTuber, um, who is coupling this with entrepreneurship, obviously, because you make money off of it. And then obviously what it brings to you, you know, clients and, and whatnot. Tell me about that journey. Um, from start to finish, if you would kind of like, maybe some surprises that you got out of uh, starting the YouTube channel. Um, it's a, it's a kind of a foreign concept to most people starting a YouTube channel because we all watch YouTube, but starting it is much different and actually being a YouTuber is much different. I would just love to hear your perspective. hundred percent brother. So here's what I'll say about YouTube. YouTube is the Olympics of content creation. You're up against the best creators on the planet and vying for people's attention, which isn't the same case for all the other socials, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, and even, you know, blogging, podcasts, you're up against some really good people, but the talent level is completely different. So if you go, for example, from YouTube, like I did to like LinkedIn, okay, that's like really easy to create content for. Whereas when you're on YouTube, everything needs to be thought of end to end. So here's a couple of things that I learned. The first one is that the people who win on YouTube think in decades, not days. So they don't say, where is my YouTube channel going this next six months? How do I hit 100,000 subscribers? They go, what would this YouTube channel look like in 10 years from now? Right. Let's say we take one of the most successful content creators on the platform, Mr. Beast. Yeah, he is young. He's like 24 or something, but he started on YouTube and he was like 14. Wow. You know what I mean? Like he's been in the game for almost a decade. Just a lot of people don't know that. And, you know, he started with the laptop. So, so having that 10 year outlook 
on YouTube is very crucial to success. And that's why most people lose on YouTube is they're not able to stay consistent enough for a long enough period of time. That's number one. The second piece is quality is exponentially more important than quantity on YouTube. You're better off posting once a week. That's gold, like straight shot gold. That's absolutely well edited, really well produced, thoughtful versus presenting like average content three times a week. No one will watch it on YouTube. And I'll give you an example with podcasting that I always tell hosts is if I have a decision to watch like a Zoom call on a YouTube video or watching Lewis Howes' million dollar production studio of him interviewing someone, I'm always going to pick Lewis on YouTube. But that's not true on podcasting. If it's just audio, you can compete on an equal playing field because our architects is an example we want to hear from you because you know their business really well and what they're doing. But that's not true with video. You have a lot more competition. So that's the second piece. So I actually spent a lot of money on my YouTube channel relative to my personal income. So when I had started my channel, I was probably making like 40 grand after tax because we have a big tax bracket in, a, in Canada. Oh, yeah. But, but I spent 25% of my personal income on, on my YouTube channel because I really wanted to look good. I really wanted to look nice and punchy. And I script every single one of my videos word for word. So it's a full-time job on its own. Last piece of advice is the best way to figure out if you want to be a YouTuber is to just start. Most Post a couple of videos, have fun with it, and see if you want to do this for a long period of time because it's tough. Even once a week, it's tough. Yeah, 100%. I really appreciate the advice about uh, just quality over quantity um, because that makes me feel better about only maybe getting one good video out. One that I feel really good about, you know, like you said, like it's got to be from front to back. For me, you know, with fishing, like you got to make fishing exciting for people. And a lot of people think it's like boring and everything. So thank you so much for unpacking that. Um, let's move to books. Uh, we have a lot of people that listen to the show and they obviously read books. Uh, any book recommendations you would you'd recommend for speaking? Yeah, 100%. I'll, I'll give one, Lance. Thirst by Scott Harrison. So Thirst by Scott Harrison. Scott Harrison's the CEO of Charity Water. He started a nonprofit to help the world gain access to clean drinking water. And the reason I always recommend that in the context of the work that I do is he's a practical representation of what it what can happen if you apply everything that we talked about to the random word, the question drill. When Scott gets on a stage, he has the highest level of risk in a presentation. Here's what I mean by that is if he messes up, literally people go without water. So people literally die if he doesn't raise enough money, which is, is kind of crazy if you think about it. Mm -hmm. So he has a lot of pressure to be successful as a keynote speaker whenever he's communicating an idea. And the other reason why I love Scott's book is you can see how he's implemented storytelling and public speaking in the brand that he's created with Charity Water. So it's a very practical story and a read about how a nightclub promoter in his early 20s went from selling booze to, to clubs in New York City, to building the biggest water charity in America, purely through storytelling. So I highly recommend the read. Excellent. Uh, okay, moving on to some other just kind of off topic sort of questions slash topic is uh, one in your profile um, on, on Podmatches where we kind of connected. And uh, one of the things you said is I'm the easiest guest you'll ever have. Ask me anything at all. So I'm, I'm happy to take you up on that challenge about asking let's, you anything let's at do all. It. I'm sure you're an extrovert of an extrovert. I can tell you're a very fun guest. Um, so one of the other quotes that you posted above your bio too was, I believe uh, the next Elon Musk is a seven-year-old girl who can't afford a communication coach. So it's my duty to help her succeed with my free resources, end quote, Brendan, Brendan K, you. So, uh, the, I don't know if you've heard this because you're over in 
you know, up in Canada, but maybe uh, one, there was a question that was going around the circles all over the place on social media, all over the place, because a uh, sitting senator actually asked um, one of our la- latest Supreme Court nominees, um, what is a woman? She was a woman herself. So I would ask you the same sort of question. If you could, what is a woman? That's funny, man. So, I mean, I'm not sure, to be honest, what is a woman, but but here's what, what I'll say in the context of the mission, you're welcome to follow up on that, is it's not really about girl or boy or however you define your gender. I, I think it's more in the sense of, and I'm, I'm open to all, all those types of conversations, but I would say it's more in the context of the next Elon Musk, however they identify their gender as, whether it's man, woman, or anything else, is, is the idea that when Elon Musk was 15 years old, Lance, he didn't have access to a communication coach. He was just some kid in South Africa that nobody gave a shit about, that no one was helping. And I always thought to myself, like, what about the next Elon Musk? Because we don't know who that person is either. Mm-hmm. And we have no idea which country they live in, who they are, what their identity is. And they, they also have the same problem. They don't have access to these tools. So what if I became that person for humanity? Mm. What if, and that's, that's really the end game. Yeah, sure, I got a coaching business that does well, but that's not my end game. My end game is to make every human being on earth an exceptional speaker. I love that. It's such a, it's such a lofty goal. And I appreciate that kind of uh, sort of thinking and aiming for the stars. Um, you might not ever reach it, right? There could be like a Brendan S or a Brendan W, and then you have these competitors and everything. But it, but it's going to push you as far as your physical and mental limits can go if you kind of have those lofty goals. Um, bravo. Uh, one other question, we're running up on the half hour here. One other question I like to ask every guest is, knowing what you know now, and if you could go back in time to when you first started your YouTube channel in business, um, what is one piece of advice you'd give yourself? Yeah, the one piece of advice that I would share is, is something I made up in my basement because I realized it rhymed. And, and the saying is this, Lance, be insane or be the same. If you want to be like everyone else, that's totally fine. But if you're mm-hmm. somebody who made it 23 minutes of this podcast, you're still listening to the show, you probably really care about making an impact and make yourself better. So the only advice that counts is understanding the following. The people in the world who do crazy things are crazy people. Don't you find it odd? that I started a YouTube channel in my mother's basement at the age of 22, not on pranks, not on music videos, but on public speaking and executive communication. And then I went to coach these people for money, yet I still live in my mother's basement. I'm in the 0.5, not the five, the 0.5% of top listeners on Spotify for Justin Bieber. I dance alone in my mother's basement an hour a day, and I can karaoke in eight different languages. How does this make sense? And that's the point, Lance. When every decision in your life makes sense to the only person that it should, which is you, you're probably making the right decisions. So good. So good. Uh, Brendan, this has been such a great interview. Thank you again for your time. Where can people find, follow, and learn more about what you and what you do? Absolutely, brother. The pleasure was absolutely mine. So two easy ways to keep in touch. Number one is the YouTube channel, Master Talk. Just type Master Talk in one word. You'll find me on YouTube. And the second way, for those of you who are interested in coaching, just sign up for one of my free live interactive Zoom calls every few weeks that I coach people on for free. And that website is rockstarcommunicator.com. Beautiful. Thanks so much again, Brendan. We'll be in touch. Thanks, Les. 